Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 15th through 17th, join the Legion of Celebrities, comic book stars, animators, voice actors, and costume heroes for Denver Comic Con at Colorado Convention Center. Hundreds of dealers and artists, gaming, exciting events. Meet Glenn, Maggie, and Carl from Walking Dead, Will Wheaton, stars from Marvel and DC Comics, Star Wars, Dark Knight Rises, True Blood, Futurama, Fringe, and more. Hotel packages available. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Be a hero this Father's Day and get tickets at DenverComicCon.com. In Colorado, there is only one place that has the best selection of collectibles. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. For over 27 years, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has been the ultimate destination for collectors. They have a wide selection of hard-to-find coins, action figures, role-playing cards. You can go over there and get yourself a copy of Dominion uh, and sports memorabilia. Hey, Peyton Manning's a Bronco. I was there yesterday. They have a signed Peyton Manning jersey. And, of course, they've got comics, which is what I go there for. All their back issues are half off. On Saturday, all dollar issues are only 50 cents. And if you sign up for a hold slot, you'll get 20% off graphic novels and comics. So stop by 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. Hey everybody, Ryan from Real Nerds here. I'm here with my good friend Joe of Birdman Barbecue. Joe, why don't you give us a little bit of history of Birdman Barbecue? Well, actually, it's a family recipe been passed down uh, for, uh, for generations. My wife's dad has it now, and uh, we're just now starting to bottle it up. We've got two different flavors, uh, original and spicy, so if you want a nice kick to the back of your throat, try that spicy. And now we've also got a rub, too. So uh, You know, Joe, I have to be honest. I love the spicy barbecue, and if you put your rub on burgers with a spicy barbecue, off the chain. I'm glad that you're being honest, Ryan, because that's what we like is off the chain. You know, Thank you I'm, for trying that. I'm so glad that you like that I said off the chain because what's even more off the chain is you guys go around Colorado and other places and you actually enter in contests for your barbecue sauce if you want anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, we've entered our sauce in quite a few contests uh, and actually we, we uh, got second place uh, in the Frisco barbecue competition. So for our sauce, just the sauce, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. We've also won, you know, different categories for side items and different things like that. But the sauce winning is, was the crowning, crowning achievement. And you know what's so cool about being in Colorado is I can go to places around town to pick up the sauce. Where can I get yeah, the sauce? Yeah, go to your local area Ace Hardware stores. Uh, check out Ruff's Barbecue in Golden. Uh, we're, and then check out your local festivals, uh, Frisco, Dillon. We're uh, hitting up all those this year. So, And also, I know, too, you also run contests on your Facebook page. If you get a certain amount of likes, you always do a free drawing for a free bottle of barbecue sauce. Where can we find you on Facebook? Absolutely. It's uh, birdmanbbq.com. Or on Facebook, I guess it's just Bird Birdman BBQ on Facebook. Uh, check it out. Uh, yeah, every 100 likes that we get, we uh, enter everybody that likes us into a drawing for a bucket of barbecue, which is a, a bottle of each sauce and one of our rubs. So Awesome. So, yeah, make sure you like Birdman Barbecue. Check out Joe when he's doing little things around town with Frisco and winning competitions. You know what the barbecue sauce is? Delicious. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Brad and across from me is the Huggable James. Hi, how you doing? Doing good, James. How was your week? It was okay. I played a lot of Diablo. All right. So it, it went away fast. Is it that a good gone. game? It is. It's good. Yeah. All right. 
ringing endorsement from James on Diablo three. It's re- it's eaten all my time. I you know I don't have enough time to think of good words for it. That's how that's how good it is. So. And it doesn't matter because this is real nerds, and we talk about <clears throat> movies and sort of TV related stuff and comics. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Games is a different show, and this week, <laughs> um, Ryan. Our, Ryan's not here. Where's the guy? Ryan is on assignment in Wyoming, making sure that people uh, get good burrito service. So, Ryan, can you can you hear us in Wyoming? Can you? Is he not? He's not on the. I don't hear him. No, we don't. I right, think we, we must be having echo. We must be having te- technical difficulties getting him in. Um, it always works when you're off in Beijing or whatever. But well, that's because you know I'm it's te- Wyoming. technically proficient. So this is true. And it's Ryan Wyoming. has no idea how to work you know, a microwave. He's in like northeastern Wyoming. Like he he'd have to call us in on Skype using a pair of sticks. He'd have to do to... Uh, like radio or ham radio. Yeah, he yeah. has no other options. He has to just climb up a telephone pole and like do do you know uh, like uh, what they what was it before? You know the thing. The, the thing, thing. The thing. I you don't know, know the beeps. The beeps. You know the beeps. The beeps. They, they uh, used to do podcasting on beeps back in the day. You know beep 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 beep. You know. Morse code? Most, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used to do podcasts on Morse code. Um, That's where we come from. You know what the benefit is of Ryan being uh, gone? We can talk about Mad Men all day. We can do a whole show on Mad Men. Yeah, except so, you didn't watch this week, so we can't. Yeah, we'll talk about the other five, <laughs> four seasons. Um, yeah. So everybody strap in. All Mad, just kidding. We're not doing a whole Mad Men <laughs> all show. All Mad Men all day. Uh, no, uh, we are going to do a show that consists of box office stats. Then we're going to talk about DVD <laughs> releases. And then we're going to talk about the news for the yeah. past week or so, and then move on into um, the new. Uh, we still haven't figured out a name. Comic book corner. We yeah, just name it that. It was, we, we call it that every week. So uh, do a little comic book uh, information, and then we're going to explain what we watched to each other. Yeah, and then we're going to review this week's movie, which is James Men in Black Three. How appropriate that this week, with just the two of us, we're seeing Men in Black Three. Do you identify with either agent? Are you Agent J or Agent K, James? Um, I I feel like I am I am more like that. You remember in the first one when he goes in and there's a big fan room and there's a guy who just sits in the fan room? I'm that guy. Nice. I always I always connect with that guy where I'm like, yeah, I want to be just reading the newspaper and watching the door. And totally oblivious and ignorant to yeah. you. No, no, no. He's, no, he's in craziness. on it. He's a man in black. He just makes sure that everybody who comes in is not... Is on the up and up. Isn't that how? That's not how you interpreted that. I assumed he's just there and he doesn't care. He doesn't know. Oh man, I I always assumed he he was like a guy. He's just a guy they hired. Like they told him, you watch this door, and (laughs) no one authorized, and you'll get a huge salary for it if you don't fuck up. Then I'm just gonna tell myself that that's my life all the time. (laughs) Like every time I have a job, that's they've hired me to not pay attention to the aliens going on around me. That I think that would be great. Wow. Yeah. You need to aim higher. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, James is a real nerd. Shoot higher. All right. Be well, more ambitious. Let's get it started with some real news then. It's real news. So what real news do you have this week, James? Well, first we're going to start off with uh, our, our box office numbers from last week, which are not very exciting, are they? Because they're the same. They're Um, predictable. Yeah. Avengers came in with $55 million, which is still crazy. Like, that's, man. But that's like a quarter of what it made its first, its opening weekend, which, you know, after being there for a month, uh, is still really impressive. It's good. That that movie 
has made a lot of money at this point. Um, and then the movie you guys saw. Yes. Battleship came in at 25. 25 million, second place. Which did um, a little, little, about the same as Dark Shadows business, right? Um, no. Well, I mean, oh, you mean opening week? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was. Um, which, so, for a movie that cost him $20 million, is, is not great. Um, but Battleship cost $20 million? Two hundred. I mean, tw- two hundred. Oh. Sorry, two hundred million. I was like, "Wow, they really got a deal." Two hundred nine million dollars. Um, which, yeah, it's not great. Uh, that movie, you didn't see it, but that movie probably deserves a little bit better than that. <laughs> um, it was surprisingly. You were a little crass in your. You were the one who named the episode, and you named it Battleship. In a, it, even though I was expecting you guys to hate it, and then when I was editing it, I had nothing else to go with, so I was just like, <laughs> "It doesn't matter." <laughs> It'll yeah. seem funny, and you know, Ryan did the wander fuck episode, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got nothing else. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, did you? You didn't get a chance to see it, did you? No. Okay. Um, there's nothing else really interesting from it. What to expect when you're ca- expecting came in with ten million dollars in f- uh, fifth place. Yeah, we don't care about that. We don't do. Uh, I the rest of the list anymore. It's so bad now. I like that's. Man, that's what that movie deserves. Uh, and then coming out this week... Hold on. We'd oh. like to thank Box Office Mojo for those oh, yeah. stats. Uh, BoxOfficeMojo.com. Check them out. Yeah. If you want, if you're a... It's an interesting way to look, you know, compare movies. You yeah. Know. See um, how the industry is financially supported, I suppose. Hold on. Hold on a second. I got a text. Are you seriously gotta, getting a... I got to... I got to... Let's see if it's important. Oh no, God. it's not important. All right. Um, <laughs> speaking of text, uh, something we forgot... If you're listening to this podcast and you have any comments, questions, uh, suggestions on how to make the show better, because we always want to be better, figure out how to make the show streamlined, cooler, uh, more informative, sexier, uh, contact us at uh, realnerds at gmail.com or at real underscore nerds at Twitter. And then we have a Facebook fan page, Real Nerds Podcast. Um, any other outlets I'm getting? When do we talk about emails in the show? Um, when we get them. On the front. On the. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, I guess that's a good segue. We got some mail this week, James. We did, yeah. We got three emails, two of which we have to hold off on because Ryan needs to be here to answer them. Yeah. So sorry, Russell. Um, you'll have to wait till next week to find out what we think of your uh, comments and suggestions. Uh, but um, Christopher Whitfield, God, I hope I got it right because <laughs> I, I lost the paper. But um, Christopher Whitfield, yeah, Christopher Whitfield sounds like a, he sounds like a '50s superhero. <laughs> He's a uh, he's our contact for the Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Um. He we've been emailing him back and forth. He actually listened to our episode number fifty. Oh, cool. And Which one this was that? What he had to say. Uh, that was last week's Battleship. Oh, was it? <laughs> cool. About Battleship. So, Chris said, "Great episode. Just finished episode fifty. Sorry to bear bad news, but Cinderella Drive-In closed in two thousand seven. Oh, really? Yeah, I do think there's still one last drive-in." Colorado drive-in in Colorado somewhere. Thanks again for your support of DCC, Christopher. Um, Man, when I Chris, was, don't write it again with bad news. No, um, that uh, sucks. I don't want to hear that. As I was listening to the show, like I, I remembered. Yeah, like you said, Cinderella. But um, there is another one called um, Eighty-Eight Drive-In. Hmm. It's in Thornton. So yeah, uh, it there is still one around. You just named the wrong one. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I felt like there was still one around, I, and yeah. I, I hadn't seen Cinderella is the one I saw Batman Begins at. <laughs> I saw, um, I saw Mulan and Small Soldiers there, 
back to back. Ooh, that's a interesting. Milan's pairing. not bad. Small soldiers though. So that was ninety eight. Uh, I think yeah. so. Somewhere around there. Yeah. The earliest one I can remember is I went on a uh, road trip in Wyoming. And I was like, I don't know, eight, and saw Back to the Future three. It was awesome. Oh, that is cool. We had a Volkswagen with the roof pop up, so we yeah. sat in the roof part yeah. and watched it. It was awesome. Ryan and I were saying uh, we we should we should try and think of a time, especially in the summer when there's some good movies, we could see them back to back. It's interesting you say that because I was going to plug them because I oh it's eight dollars, um, and they're right now. I guess I don't know how long they're showing, but Avengers and John Carter back to back. Dude, that's what that's what we were talking about last week was yeah. that Avenger or John Carter had this huge bump in the box office score because they were getting money off of the back of Avengers, which is. <laughs> It's <laughs> awesome. It was something like 1,200%, you know? It was in the thousands of percent increase. It's crazy. The Avengers already made Disney's money back on that loss, and now yeah. it's actually going to maybe allow John Carter to turn a profit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, John Carter's got a big hole to fill. But uh, um, anyway, never gonna make another one of those. I forgot the address because I, I lost the Just stuff that I stuff down. But look it up. It, if it's, you're listening to it's 88drivein.com. $8 to... Drive in, see a movie, and um, for both movies, right? For both movies, cool. It's a great deal. Yeah. And uh, what was cool about the Cinderella? Start at seven. Start at seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was cool about the One Cinderella? Time. God damn it! <laughs> what was cool about the Cinderella? Before... Have it, have it, have it. <laughs> <laughs> what was cool? What was cool about the Cinderella before was it was right next to the highway, so you could mm. you could be driving and and like see you know oh they're showing Spider Man on there. It was really neat. <laughs> Someone breaks on Santa Fe. And just... Yeah, like oh shit, I need to see that movie. Oh, it's cool. It's a good scene, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was too good. Uh, no good segue, but let's jump back into DVD releases. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, not a whole lot of interesting stuff this week, but uh, True Blood season four comes out, uh, which I won't be buying. Um, did you? Are you watching that show? I watched the first season. Um, it's all right. I yeah. It's the second season is really good. The third season is awful. Hmm. Uh, but fourth isn't bad. So if you're a big fan, go pick it up. Um, Man on a Ledge, which ha, oh, I've been waiting with bated breath to not watch <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Um, good thing is Ryan's not here because he would tear it apart. Yeah. Did that. he actually watch it? No, he just means because no, he hates. When Sam you bring it up, he would just yeah. Yeah. Man on a Ledge. You'd say it, he'd say it like that. Man on a ledge. Man on a ledge. Um, Coriolanus, which is that Shakespeare adaptation that uh, Ralph Fiennes did, uh, which I'm actually really excited to see. Um, I, I might try and rent that this week. Uh, Goon, which did you see it with Brad or with Ryan? Yeah, Ryan and I yeah. both saw it together. Um, and you guys recommend recommend that. it. I'm, yeah, I will probably go get it on Redbox as soon as I can. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which is one of the big uh, critical darlings of last year. Uh, did you see it? No, I thought one of us saw it. No, um, but it's the one that like I think Ryan was kept saying on the podcast he was going to. Yeah, because it's did. really like a horror movie, yeah. but like taken very realistically about this woman who thinks her her baby is gonna try and kill her. Um, and then uh, uh, there's a DVD and Blu-ray version of uh, George Melies' A Trip to the Moon. Coupled uh, with the extraordinary expedition or something? Yeah, it's it's coupled with something. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously you would buy it for a trip to the moon, uh, which is if you saw Hugo, that's the movie that it's based. That's the moon sort of getting the thing yeah in the eye. Yeah, it's a thing that you see some of in that movie that is actually about something else that's boring. But uh, yeah, 
So check that out. And we got all that from uh, Digital Bits. If you go onto their site, you can click on any of the art there where you, where you can look and see what's coming out this week, and it'll send you to Amazon. And when you buy that through Amazon through that link, it supports Digital Bits, um, and you should do that. So, yeah. Thank cool. you, Digital Bits. Thank you. And uh, now we move on to... Actual, uh, real, real news. Brad, you got anything? Um, sort of. Uh, I, this is news for Denver area people. Um, I'm excited because they are having a huge Wes Anderson film series. Two midnight showings and then Wednesday screenings of... Wednesday includes... Um, well, you've got the page up. Why don't you just read it? <laughs> I do. Uh, Wednesday, it's starting in June. Wednesday, June 6th is Bottle Rocket. The 13th is Darjeeling Limited. Uh, the 20th is Fantastic Mr. Fox. The 27th is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Uh, and then they've got, along with that, a couple of their midnight showings are also Wes Anderson's. Uh, June 8th and 9th is the Royal Tenenbaums. And July 6th and 7th is Rushmore. I All sort of gearing so up. there. I could easily watch them at home, but there's something about being in the theater yeah. that compels me to do this. It was so funny because the, uh, um, which I, I think I would probably get a little bit tired of those commercials, like the the ones that they found up in the in the back of the theater that they show there now. Oh, like the Grindhouse commercial. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, some hey, of them hot are cool. dogs. Yeah. Crush soda. But they've got that one commercial for the Star Trek arcade game, yeah, yeah. which is really cool. But I thought they had just found that because we went, I first saw it when we went to see Star Trek. And I was like, this is crazy. But if they show that every week, uh, especially yeah, if you were. Yeah, it's a weekly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you were going to that uh, every week as you are intending to do. Speaking um, of Midnight's, what else is on the menu for the remainder of their programming lineup other uh, than Wes Anderson? Uh, May 25th and 26th is The Lost Boys. So that's this week? Uh-huh. So June 1st and 2nd is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Uh, June 9th is The Room, as well as T- Tenenbaums, uh, um, which I, I desperately need to see that movie. The Room? Yeah. One of yeah. these times I got to Just to be in the point. know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um then the 15th and 16th is Eternal Sunshine. The 22nd and 23rd is The Mask. I, who, why? That is. Why are they doing so much Jim Carrey? I might just He's go to see who movie, shows up. Yeah. <laughs> um, also on the 29th, they've got. Uh, It'd be worse. It could be Son of the Mask. <laughs> yeah. On the 29th, they're doing another Rocky Horror, which they do that every month, just like yeah. they do with The Room. Uh, and then the 29th and 30th is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. All right, there you go, Denverites, Denverins, Denver, Den- Den- Denverites, Denver, Denverees, Denvers. There is your Coloradans indie theater movie entertainment schedule. Yeah, and I will be at that one. Roger Abbott one for sure. Oh yeah, that that that's not a bad one at all. Yeah, it'd be nice to have that ticket. Now, actual, real, real, real news. Real, real news. Um, GI Joe Retaliation. Were you excited for that movie? I was curious. Because yeah. I was going to see like how they were going to take it in a different direction. But yeah. you're obviously a huge fan, so this must be really I disappointing. Was, I was really excited for it. Because like, I, I, you know, I just like a dumb movie every now and then. And it didn't need to be much. Yeah, it's got the rock in it. There's ninjas fighting on a rock on like a on a wall somewhere. Like Bruce Willis is crammed yeah, in there for yeah, yeah. yeah. An you know, it's got uh, Adrian Palicki kicking ass. And it, it, I was excited. And I'm not afraid to admit. The thing is, it's not even being pushed back. Because they make it better, they're pushing it back so they can jam 3D down your throat. Yeah, the news is that they they pushed it back nine months until next March, uh, so that they can do a 3D conversion. Which 
The other reason I think they're doing that is because when it was in the time slot and with how saturated how big some of the yeah. movies this summer are, I think they are uh I think that they think they're going to make more money next March than they would now, which is fine if they had done this in January. But when you do it like a month before the movie comes out and I'm excited. I want to see this movie and then you rip it away like I don't know how I'm gonna feel a year from now. You've got GI Joe blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're moving Ted into its position, so we'll still have something to see that weekend. Which is good. I, um, I forget what Ted was up against already, but now Ted, Ted was wedged between the Dark Knight and Spider Man. In its own, I don't, I don't remember which way. Yeah, I thought it was it competing its, with something else in its I, previous slot. Anyway, I think it's. I think it was on its own, but it was between two movies that made it so no nobody was gonna see Ted. Hmm. Um, I think now Ted is up against uh, Piranha. No, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Piranha's well, next week. What else is next week? Because the week that Piranha comes out, it's a double feature. Oh, um, the Snow White. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but still, it's just stupid, and it doesn't need to be 3D. They're talking now. They might do some pickups and put stuff in that would be shot in for 3D. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't need to be 3D. It's just a normal action movie. You know, there's going to be ninjas. I'm not going to see it in 3D. Like, do they really think they're going to make that much money? And how much money does it cost to do that conversion? And then, I don't... It doesn't the other thing is, maybe that the studios screened it already, and they're like, man, this movie's actually really good. You know, hopefully we can pull another Avengers with, it, like, a good... A movie that has a good script and, you know get that extra yeah. money from having 3D because people will still go back to see it. There are other people who think the exact opposite, which is <laughs> that we need to get an extra $3 on these tickets because no one is going <laughs> to watch this movie again. Like, that people are seeing it as a, as a bad sign. I I don't see that. I, I think that when it's got those, those stars in it, the action I've seen is kind of cool. Like, yeah, the story's going to be dumb, but you're taking your 12-year-olds to it. Like, that's, that's the purpose of a G.I. Joe movie, so... I I don't understand it. It's I don't understand any of the 3D <laughs> thing. Like I the whole thing should just go away as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um but on some good news. Cool. Here's something cool, I think. Uh Amazon had started a a store which they are calling the Never Before on DVD store, or at least that's what it's being referred to. Um that's what it's hashed at like, you know, Amazon slash Never Before on DVD. Um and it's it's a thing that I guess Warner has been doing a while called with their Warner Archive, where if you want a movie on DVD that is not on shelves, it's not really on DVD, it's not on shelves, but they have it. Um, you can just order it, and it, it might cost a little bit more, but at least you can get a copy. So it's kind of like instead of them, hey, we have the file, we'll print it off, and you can watch it exactly. So instead of like them wholesale making all of these DVDs and hoping they can sell them they just sell them to whoever wants them which if amazon does this and amazon is already making deals with like disney and places like that which means song of the south on dvd no 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 no, not (laughs) that it means i might be able to get brink on dvd what's brink 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 is the uh made for tv disney movie about uh andy brink brinker the uh inline skater and uh he has to um he has to deal with the temptations of uh being you know because he's really good and there's this evil team and they're sponsored uh and he has his friends but he gets on the sponsored team and then that like hurts his friends because uh, he kind of he kind of betrays him and he has to find himself in the world of inline skating this it's is great definitely only a thing you appreciate because it's from your childhood isn't it <laughs> no no dude it won a writing award huh. it won an award for writing it is still 
a crummy made-for-TV Disney movie, um, but I think it's great. There's this really awesome scene with him and his dad in the garage, and they're like, you know, they're talking and having a heart-to-heart, and I think it's well-written. Um, there's also some just dumb stuff in that movie. You're a cheater, man. You cheated, man. That's what the guy says at the end. Anyway. Wow, you're really selling fingers- me on it. Oh, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, an illegal torrent of it from the TV that you can watch. You, cause you can only get it on a VHS and the VHSs are like $40. Cause everybody who wants, everybody who knows about that movie wants to see it. Um, but you can't, you can't get it anywhere. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. Some friends of mine, they love this movie called rad, which is like a BMX. I, Have you I've, heard of it? I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the same plot you just described, but with BMX, um, <laughs> they're all the same plot. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a rival team, but it's definitely competing, you know, going to this competition. Everyone, it's very early 90s, but it's not available on DVD. And the only way we were able to get it is from someone just ripped it off of HDNet and then yeah. put it on a DVD and sold it on eBay. I don't even have one. Not rich- that we knew that to begin with. <laughs> I don't even have one ripped off of HDNet. I have one that's like they, they DVR'd it on Disney Channel while it was replaying just a couple of years ago. And they cut the cha- they cut most of the commercials out. Though every now and then there's still a commercial for like Hannah Montana, which is how I know that it's it's more recent. But mm. anyway, uh, you really liked MacGruber, right? I did. Yes. Uh, did you have any expectation that there would be a MacGruber too? Based on its box office returns, no. <laughs> Seriously. But I was hopeful that someone would step up to the plate. Yeah. And further the adventures of MacGruber. Well, they're talking about it. Um, nothing official yet. But there are rumors going around that somebody's going to try and make that, which I think is insane. <laughs> um, the other really weird Whatever. one is, uh, how do you feel about Rufio? Oh, my God. You're still on my news. Uh, <laughs> when I watched as a kid, he was not my favorite character. Yeah. But I love that. Uh, I love Hook. It's yeah. I rewatched it recently, which I think I said yeah. on another show. And I think, I think it still holds up. I think the script is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like There's some smart stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely some early '90s and some just some Spielberg um, sentimentality, but it's it's great. And watching a Blu-ray, you can really tell that it's mostly like 90% shot on a sound soundstage. Yeah. So even though there's also some great special effects in it, but and Dustin Hoffman's so good, oh, man, that movie's yeah. great. Most everyone in there is really good. Well, they're they're working on making a prequel to Hook, or at least somebody is. Well, some like the underground actor for Rufio is pushing for it. Yeah, well, no, it's not exactly that. It's Dante Basco is the guy who played Rufio. He's also in Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, which is cool. Uh, but basically, sort of like a friend of a friend that he like he got in touch with these guys who have written a script that is the origins of Rufio and like these stories about the lost boys and all of that, uh, which I really kind of think is really cool. Um, if somebody picks that up and makes it into a, a serious budgeted movie, um, cause you couldn't, you couldn't indie that movie. It wouldn't, I don't think it would look the way you need it to. Um, you could get crummy young actors and tr- save money here and there, but yeah, you wouldn't need Robin Williams in it, but um, but it does raise some interesting questions. Like, since you know Peter Pan wasn't around for the longest time, like who was collecting Lost Boys like Rufio? Yeah, to be in Neverland. Oh, he it's shows a, up later. It's a fantastic idea. Um, the the other problem is, is that unfortunately, for some reason, Hook has this just horrible 
air around it. Like for some reason, people don't like Hook. Yeah, I don't. And I don't. I don't that. understand it. I I hear people make fun of Hook, but um, I I don't know if it's a generational thing, like that people too young now or people too old at the time. It just doesn't connect with them, you know. Somebody sort of children of the eighties have to enjoy it, but uh, I don't know. Hey, I think it's I think it's a cool idea. If you're listening and you know why people hate it, please Ugh. let us know. Right in desperately, yeah. Tell us what I the mystery not, is. I will not chastise you. I seriously just want to know. know. Yeah, like um, why are people so adverse to it? Yeah. Uh, and the last little bit of news, which this nothing may come of this, uh, but I think it's kind of weird. Uh, basically. On Amazon, if you pre-order Men in Black 3 right now, they will give you a free ticket, which is kind of like... It's like it's when you buy like, it off the shelf and they have like a little sticker on their front that says, hey, here's a ticket. But usually with that, it's if you buy you know, X-Men 2, they give you a free ticket to X-Men 3, oh, that wait. kind of stuff. So you could cancel this your pre-order is, and still get the ticket? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works. But uh, I wasn't thinking about gaming it. I just mean, like, if this were applied to a movie, I was actually interested in seeing or actually interested in owning. Like, I know I'm going to own The Hobbit eventually. I can go ahead and save $10 uh, and get this free ticket on Amazon. I think it's really cool because it also kind of gets at this idea that if you're going to buy the movie, then you sort of own that movie. Like, you have the right to see that movie. Um, Obviously not go back to the theater a billion times, but um, I don't know. I think it's really cool. If they start doing this all the time, I will probably pre-order a lot more movies, which is hmm. probably why they want you to do it. Uh, it. It's a really smart way to boost DVD sales, I think, um, since that is the thing they've been trying to do for years. Uh, it, you'd also have to look at how the price goes down or up based on this. You know, if If you're paying the $25 the day it comes out, unlike... You know, like when Mission Impossible came out, it, the this, the price was $25, but then the day it came out, they dropped it down to like, you know, 20 or something like that, and they gave me a refund. Um, if they if they stop doing that, then you're really only saving $5. Why not just see right. the movie and, you know. But uh, it'll be interesting. Hmm. You got anything else? Uh, I have two things. Um, they're really just news bits. They're thinking about making an ALF movie. I like ALF, so... Do you really? Um, How much ALF have you watched? Um, not, I, I didn't mean it to sound like that, but... Uh, have you watched a lot of ALF? No, not not a lot. Oh, okay. You yeah. just like the fact that there's an alien that lives in a house and Well, I've watched cats. a few episodes, like, in the, you know, growing yeah. up, but not recently, and... I was just surprised. We had the toy, so... Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually watched an episode of that show. Yeah, it's a, sort of this thing that people joke about, but... Um, I've actually probably watched more episodes online of that guy who re-edits stuff. <laughs> he's re-edited Alf to where Alf doesn't say anything, yeah. but his owner <laughs> treats him like crap. <laughs> yeah. And like threatens him. And, yeah. I've probably yeah. watched more of those than I actually watched. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's no, yeah. it's, it, it, it's news up, that's still in one of those stages of yeah. we're thinking about it. It'll end up being like Paul probably, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Only in a house, <laughs> which is not, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the other thing is another, you know, we're thinking about doing this is I love the game Shadow of Colossus. Oh, and yes. the director of Chronicle, Joshua Trank, yeah. um, is attached to possibly adapt it into a movie. He's, which He's attached to a surprising number of things based on how not good that movie was. Um, so still a lot of conjecture, but yeah. 
because if that happens, it's going to be post Fantastic Four. So yeah. Um, and as with most most video game movies, I have trepidation towards yeah. it because most video game movies don't turn out well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a beautiful game, so it deserves to be taken seriously. If it were somebody like Guillermo del Toro or the guy, this newcomer guy who's directing, um, del Toro would be going. Uh, the the Snow White movie, mm-hmm. um, somebody who was really visually compelling like that. That and would be geared cool. towards fantasy. Yeah. yeah. You'd, ha- you'd have to get, because the creatures in that in that game are so distinctive, you'd have to get somebody who could really bring some visual style to it, you know, yeah. and, and probably do a lot of prosthetic kind of stuff to make it look interesting. But And I guess for people who, it's not a well-known game, so uh, the game Shadow of Colossus is a game where you travel the countryside and you jump on the backs of these gigantic, like, creatures and monsters. Like, you're... You're tiny. You're very and tiny, and it's like it's like scaling a skyscraper, and you have to hit, yeah. stab and hit all these points on the monster and slowly bring it down. You know, is it's the game prominently displayed in the movie Rain Over Me? Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, and the, the good thing about it is that it's a game with with very little actual like plot. You know, it's not there is story, but it's not seeped in legend and all of that stuff. You know, it's not. Starcraft or something like that, where there's a whole lot of story and a whole lot of stuff that fans would want to see in there. I feel like you could um, bring in some original writing and some original story, some some original characters, and flesh that stuff out in a way that uh, people would enjoy more. Because the the truth is, you can have some cool fights, um, but you can't have an hour of guy climbs Colossus and stabs it in funny places and goes to the uh, next one and does the same thing again. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, but you could you could come up with some some really cool stuff. It's a it's a neat uh, universe to play around in. Um, it's not a bad idea. It's more interesting to me than a Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, and I got one more bit of things uh, that I just remembered. Um, so I haven't published my Dark Knight theory, Dark Knight Rises theory right. yet, which I am excited to read. Yes, uh, but. On SlashFilm.com, they had an article about uh, an interview where Tom Hardy um, made some comments about him battling uh, Gary Oldman. Whoa. Which, what? if you've seen... Like the old first, man fight. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> first trailer... That was a very short fight. For Dark Knight Rises, uh, obviously it starts with his whole uh, bedridden speech to some undisclosed character about how Batman has left gotham and uh, left him behind and uh i always hypothesized that bane instead of breaking batman's back in dark knight rises he maybe breaks gordon's back which draws batman out from hiding oh to the man again. so maybe that's what it is dude that's <laughs> i'm so hoping cool. but that is such if a that cool is idea. cool um that I, i'm fine with that i mean it's not canon yeah it's well, Nolan's I mean, none of none of no awesome movies for are taking really... stuff that we come to know and turning on its head and yeah. being cool still. Yeah. So that's we'll pretty see awesome. how that plays out. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I forget what the actual quote was. I probably should have wrote it down, but yeah, it was something about, you know, in, because they were in Tinker Trailer Soldier Spy together. And oh yeah. He, you know, he was sitting there acting against Gary Oldman uh, feeling like the, <laughs> He's, the like other actor. Time, yeah. This time you get to beat the shit out of him. He gets to actually physically. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just like intellectually facing off. Worse. He gets to, Worse would be if there's a fight between him and, like, Gordon just beats the shit out of Bane. 
like like he's so cool he's so strong all of a sudden and <laughs> yeah. we're like what the shit is this gary no, oldman this powers is... activate yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly oh that can't happen don't make that happen uh tom hardy breaking character uh, <laughs> uh yeah. so oh, oh and we forgot about one more thing actually um uh which this how we forgot about this i don't know because this is like probably the biggest news of the week for me it's too bad ryan's not here but um last week we talked about how community got picked up for another season oh you're gonna talk about community without ryan here i i am gonna talk about community Uh, well it would be weird if we didn't talk about it because this is i I think huge um what happened was this week they fired dan Harmon. They didn't, they didn't call him. They didn't do it. They didn't send him a letter. Basically, he was on the phone on the plane, and when he landed, he checked his messages and found out, like, oh yeah, the whole world knows that I've been fired before I did. Um, which is just, a lot lately. Uh, it's what, what a people. shitty way to fire somebody. First of all, um, he wrote a long blog post. You should read it. It's for for one thing, it's really funny. Um, it actually I, makes I me. It. Yeah. yeah, it actually makes me want to go back and read some of his other blog posts because apparently they're all kind of like that. Um, but uh, basically what they've done is they they thought it would be cool if they tell us they're going to renew the show to shut us up and then just fire Dan Harmon out from under us and then like, well, we still renewed the show that you wanted, um, but We're it's gonna not going to be the same show. Yeah. yeah, they they hired the guys who did like the American version of the IT crowd and um, what, Happy Endings or something like that. Some some other crummy, I, I don't know, I've never seen it, but um, some other sitcom, they're going to try and make it into a like more mainstream kind of a sitcom, which is not what that show is. And it's not why people love it. And if they do that, they are going to kill that show, uh, which I mean, they were already doing by putting it on Fridays, but at least you keep the artistic integrity of that show. And you let this guy make um, something that we've all been loving. Uh, it, it's or at just, least give him a chance to end it. I mean, yeah, the whole four year thing. It just makes sense. Like if it's going to go out, just go ahead and artistically do it now. Yeah. Or because, because we, or we'd been talking about it last week. The, the ratings had been getting better, um, which I, I kind of expected would get worse after those last three episodes because they were so off the wall. But um, but still, the ratings had been getting better. There was a chance that the show could, even on a Friday night, pick up, you know, or that this could be that one show where you know, the, the Hulu numbers and all that kind of stuff actually added in and people were like, oh, okay, this is enough that we'll keep it around for a little while. Um, but if you do it this way, you just... You turn into another piece of shit like every other Whitney coming show that you've got. Like, why? Why do this? Why not just? Why not just cancel the show? Or like um, some other past shows, like Taxi and Mork and Mindy. Like they've like gone to other networks and got more creative people, and they only last yeah. one season. Yeah. After the change, well, so. Mork and Mindy, that was a bad season. Um, <laughs> I love that show. I did too, but Jonathan Winters, man, that was a bad character. What? I was. I'm saying it. I said it. Well, Jonathan Winters is twelve years too, old. It's interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back and watch it now, you're like, Ugh, "This is harsh." Um, but what a what a pain in the ass! Like, come on. Yeah, it's that just reeks of you know. And they've they've yeah put we out, gave the fans what they want, whatever. But we're, we want a two and a half men to grow yeah. out of this seed. Uh, which, if you want a two and a half men, go get those no talent ass clowns to make yeah. you another show, um, and I won't watch it. Um, I saw one scene of that show and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. What I what I think they want is a um what's that really offensive show that I hate? Um 
the one about the geeks and they're oh there's a hot big girl bang lizard girl. big bang theory yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i saw um, one scene of that and i was like this is pandering i've seen more than one scene of it and it <laughs> is it's beyond pandering i think it's straight up offensive mm-hmm. um but I, I think they want to turn it into something like that. I think that they think that, oh, we, we found this cool geek audience because they generalize us all as the sure. same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want our Big Bang Theory on our our network. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the people watching Big Bang Theory, not actual geeks. Yeah. It's people making fun of geeks because that's a show about making fun of geeks. It just pretends it's not. Anyway, um, it's really a shame. Oh, oh, and the other thing was that today there was some news about... Basically, NBC is telling all the actors, like, hey, you, you can't talk about this. Oh. Like, don't talk about this on TV. And it's like... And if you do, here's we what all, you need to say. We verbatim. all know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They gave them they gave them talking points, which is just like... I mean, they've all already gone on face on Twitter and talked about how, how much they love Dan Harmon and how much they learned from him and how sad they are to see him go. And you're like, yeah, clearly these people know that he was a heart of that show. Even though he will admit, like, he's not a great business man. He's not a great manager. He didn't run that show the cleanest way that he could, and obviously Chevy Chase hates his guts. But that's not because that's not because Dan was a a bad showrunner. You know, it was because he was a new showrunner. You know, he hadn't done that that often, um, and because all those guys were extended. You know, look at James Cameron. Everybody loves that guy, but he's a dick, straight up. So the whole thing is eccentric. People are hard to work with. Yeah, they are also geniuses usually. That's not yeah. true. Usually geniuses are eccentric, but not all not the same <laughs> way. Uh but I think that's it for news. All right. Unless you got anything else. Nope. Let's end it there. What have you all been right. watching, James? I didn't watch much, I will admit. Uh I've been busy playing lots of Diablo. Um so the other day I did watch a uh it's a TV show from nineteen ninety, uh or at least they called it a TV show. It showed up in my Netflix under understated TV shows. I don't know what that means. Uh, but I there's just Netflix has a lot of specific descriptions of what you like. Yeah, I said <laughs> I said on Facebook the other day that it it came up one of my top categories now is fantasy featuring strong female lead, and I was like that that's really that's narrowed a thing? down. Yeah, <laughs> which it's true. Those are things that I like, but it was all full of like Alice in Wonderland rips off, Malice in Wonderland, Aubrey in Wonderland. Like, wait, how many in Wonderland movies are there? Uh, but anyway, discovering Shakespeare is. About an hour-long little documentary. It's only one episode, so it's not really a TV show, but I guess it was on TV. Uh, about Derek Jacobi's production of Hamlet, uh, starring Kenneth Branagh as Hamlet. Um, this is, I mean, it's in 1990, probably 1989 when they actually did it. Uh, so it's a very young Kenneth Branagh. Uh, some of the same actors that are in Kenneth Branagh's version show up. Obviously, Derek Jacobi, who's in his version of Hamlet, Um is uh is the director of the whole thing uh and it's really fascinating it's if you like shakespeare uh especially if you're a fan of Kenneth Branagh shakespeare you should check this out because he he talks a lot about him finding that character it's the first time he's ever played uh hamlet um and and so if you if you really like that version of that movie you should you should check it out yeah i love that hamlet yeah, yeah it's it's fascinating there is actually a uh, this is kind of spoilers for a documentary, if that's po- too possible. But there's a moment where Jacoby tells this story about how uh, when he was playing Hamlet, and he is sort of he is a renowned Hamlet. People generally call him one of the greatest Hamlets ever. Um, and he said that he was doing a play, and this kid came up to him and said, "Watching you play this character, 
is has has made it clear to me that I need to go into theater, and that car- that that person was Kenneth Branagh, and you realize like oh, it's come full circle here, huh. and then of course. Kenneth Branagh cast Derek Jacobi in his Hamlet much later, but uh, as his father, which is just perfect. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. You should check it out. Nice. But that's all I had. Uh, Other than Mad Men is great. Oh, there is something else I want to talk about, and this is going to be controversial. So I'm just going to throw it out there and see what you do. Um, Game of Thrones is is good. What? Uh, I and where is James, and what have you done with him? Here's the thing. It's not great. I wouldn't even say it's pretty good, but it has gotten to the place where now the things that my like my complaints about the show after I watch it feel a little bit nitpicky, you know? Like there are things where I'm like, well, you could have you could have told that better. And I'm still not happy with it, the way they're telling the story. And I'm sure that in a few episodes they'll do some stupid and I'll hate it again. But the truth is, right now I've been watching the episodes and not just despising them as I watch them. I'm actually like, oh, okay, this is, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is, oh, there's I think your stuff. brain is just releasing endorphins to, like, numb you. <laughs> like, you've grown so Here's... much so much hatred towards it that if you absorb any more of it, you will die. So your brain <laughs> is countering that with just firing tons of endorphins. Like, oh, I do like Game of Thrones. I feel like um, part of it is in the first season, they are so awful at actually developing characters and... And making the story understandable, and like that is all such garbage that they have thrown enough little bits of garbage at me that I now I I've started to form the characters from my on my own, you know. So that when they give me a scene that is shallow, I am actually allowed to fill it in with like, oh well, yeah, but you know, this is why this and this is why that. And there are also some cool things. They introduce this character who talks really funny and will kill anybody that Arius tells her to kill, tells him to kill. Um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so there, there have been other cool stuff. It's still not the Borgias or Mad Men or Girls or, you know, the shows that, they're all of which are Sunday shows. The shows that when I download, I'm like, I have to watch this right away. Like this, this is the new thing. This is the thing I have to love right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's okay. I, but my, my point is when I watch that episode because I have to, it doesn't feel like ripping a bandaid off anymore, which, uh, it's good, you know, by the end of the season, I'm sure I'll hate it again, but anyway, what have you been watching, Brad? Um, three things. I watched Zach and Mary make a porno again. Oh yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Funny. That's all I can really, (laughs) it's not, (laughs) yeah, there's not too much of a discussion on it, but it's, it's just, it's so, like you can really see Kevin Smith growing as a filmmaker through it yeah. too. Oh, like absolutely! Right before he just gives up and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a shame. Yeah, because um, I remember watching and just being like, "This is a well-made, well-told movie." It's that's, such a shame that it's so ill-received. You know, that yeah. Oh, absolutely. Check it out. Like it, it, it belongs up there with the other Apatow absolutely collection. You know, it's higher than some of them. Yeah, I think. Um, so, I think it's better than Knocked Up. It's better, you know. And you know, I, I like Kevin Smith. I'm not a fan of his uh, enjoyment of weed. All of a sudden, yeah, like, and promotion yeah, of it. We've uh, talked about this a lot, not yeah, on the and podcast. This is the cat- about how much it's commercial failure is the catalyst for that. So yeah, that's what sucks about that. But then, um, but yeah, still a hilarious movie. Um, it's the thing that makes me really feel like when we when we finally get hit somebody, it's gonna blow people away because they don't realize how much better he's gotten and how mm-hmm. how much he's grown as a as a storyteller. Um, I mean, I've always thought he was a funny writer, but even his like the heart in his movies has gotten I think better. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah. as far as that subject matter, like he handles it really well. Like this, that's kind of general to say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, two weeks ago, since I wasn't here last time to talk about it. Oh right, yeah. Um, I watched. There are on Netflix four RoboCop TV movies. What? Yes, there are not. Uh, these came out. They're Canadian. <laughs> they came out like they're it, sanctioned, though, right? As I, far as you know. As far as I know, I yeah. mean, it has the official logo and like the costume hasn't changed or nothing. Yeah, um, it's in the same universe. Wow. Um, but um, it's uh, it came out like around so 2000, are, 2001. They are the equivalent of RoboCop four, five, six, and seven. Or is there not a RoboCop Eight. three? There's a RoboCop three. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So yeah, there's a Robo. There are the definitely the of- budget matches it, <laughs> <laughs> if not a little less. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely got that like late '90s, early 2000s Sci-Fi Channel budget mm-hmm. quality to it. Yeah, um, so much so that there's this uh, there's this girl in the later two that's like the daughter of one of the rebel faction chicks, um, who's played by Jack Byer's wife, Ryan. We'll enjoy hearing that mm. um she's in it um but anyway her daughter has like a phone jack in her belly button what because she's like the plug-in thing for the whole virus to proliferate yeah that's a special effect she has like a regular <laughs> dial-up phone jack just taped to her <laughs> to her stomach yeah um oh, that's goodness. the budget on this but um yeah it, the ideas and kind of the overall story where... Is there like an oh, overall story for all four? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they all... You know, it's like four episodes, but they're all an hour and 30 minutes long. Oh, each. okay. So basically the story is OCP wakes up RoboCop in the future. So like the main thing is that his son's all grown up. So it's like Demolition Man, but with a RoboCop. I haven't seen Demolition Man in a while. So it's like... Oh, yeah, they wake up Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they, they don't wake him up to like fight a specific enemy. Okay. It's, uh, just, they're trying to, it's been two weeks. I kind of forgot what the first part was. <laughs> the last half, cause it's so ridiculous, is more memorable, but, um, you know, what's cool is there's a lot of flashbacks to when Alex Murphy was just a regular cop and he had a buddy named John Cable, um, who later, uh, after, uh, he has to sacrifice himself to save RoboCop, he becomes RoboCable. So there's two no. identical no, robots. One's black, one's white, running around. No, they aren't. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, RoboCop's son, James Murphy, has, since uh, this story is that killed his, w- his wife- Killed himself Robo-Boy. No, his wife killed herself. So OCP adopted James Murphy, not- ro- Right, yeah. John Cable like took him in, but then delivered him over to- OCP, and they OCP. turned him into Robo-Boy. They didn't turn him into Robo Boy. He just becomes a, like one of those uh, yuppie executives. Oh dang! Although he's still got you know his father's qualities to him, so he's yeah he's on the fence. Like you know, OCP raised me. You know, I love them, but you know, and for most of the series, miniseries, I think it's the last part. He doesn't know that his dad is RoboCop. Ah, so um, uh, yeah, so. John Cable becomes another RoboCop, and then OCP. There's like this one executive who's John Cable's wife is one of the research and development people. Okay, and then there's this other executive guy who has 
um, assistant who's building this take care of the city program. Right. That's like turns everything in the city automated with like the flip of a switch. <laughs> and he wants to implement why would, it. Why would you not flip the switch? Why wouldn't you just flip the switch every section that you built? Hmm? Anyway, go ahead. No, it's it's like something that OCP's building can like interface like with their Skynet. computer. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah. Skynet. They're building Skynet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. God, why didn't I think of that? They're building Skynet and it's going to do everything for you. Like you're, It's, right. it's going to turn into Wally. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to stab you in the face with its robot arms is what it's going to do. <laughs> I've seen RoboCop movies. Um, it's going to freak out and try to so, kill itself. So John Cable's wife is trying to develop, like she reinstates the RoboCop program to mask this other thing she's doing. Um, and then she starts uh, grooming um, James Murphy to this into this underground OCP movement where she's in, she's in there to become the new head, but she's developed this underground thing that's a mask to do that. So it's like she it looks like this rebel force in OCP, but it's actually just helping her right get where she needs to go while looking you know all good innocent on the inside, and then. Um, the actual head of OCP is actually trying to do good things for the city. Ah, <laughs> uh, so so John Murphy's wife is not the villain. John Cable's wife. Oh, is John Cable's sort wife. of a villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's. I never quite figured it out. She was either actually helping or actually trying to destroy, like trying to become the head of OCP and destroy everyone else. It was back and forth. All I know is she's a bitch. And she got her husband killed <laughs> and turned him into Robocop. Robocop 2. Robocop 2. Well, right well now, four, Robocop 5. Yeah. Identical, ro- well, slightly blacker. Robocop, Robocop black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robocop black with red visor. Yeah. Um, we're talking way too much about this. <laughs> but How does it end? The, it ends. Does it have like a cool Should Robocop 2 fight? Yeah, dude, why not? There's no cool Robocop 2 fight in this whole thing. Uh. There's a, this is stretched out way farther than it needs to be. These are the points I was trying to make right away. And just wrap this up real quick. It is way too long. They could have done this in they one They could have made movie. a movie, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the characters have terrible names. Like the assistant for the wormy OCP exec who's developing the shield thing. Um, his name is Dr. Hobley because he walks around with a cane. No. And the woman... Who wrote this? The guy from Chronicles of Riddick? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then the woman who plays Jack Bauer's wife who's in it, she's like the leader of the rebel resistance and they right. all have cloaks so they can maneuver around Detroit invisibly. Oh, by the way, I think there's no old Detroit. It's all Delta city now. Ah, uh, uh, that far in the future. Uh, she, her name is Anarchy. No Anne, letter R dot K E Y. No, it's not. And then no, in the second half, oh. there's a new villain, Dr. K Dick as in N- Philip K Dick. no, <laughs> No, Although it's spelled like K A Y D I C K. It's not Philip is not his real first name, but right. I, I get the illusion. But yeah, it's Kadik. Yeah, so he's trying to implement this virus that just reduces everything to zero because that's just his personality. Does anybody like, ever call him Doctor Dick? No, nah, maybe they do get to say shit in the series. Like it's not, but still, just Canadian. having the name Doctor Dick. I I now realize it's just in life people who have the last name Dick yeah. can never be doctors. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, Maybe yeah. It's to be Dr. Dick. So there's tons of fight scenes where we've seen, obviously, bullets don't harm RoboCop unless yeah. you shoot him in the face or something. Yeah, he's like Darth Vader or something. In the mouth. Yeah. He's protected with armor, and yet OCP, military, regular cops, RoboCop 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever version, slightly blacker RoboCop. Yeah, yeah Robo black Cable. RoboCop. 
there's a scene in the climax where they're standing across from each other across this conference table, either side, and they're just firing into each other. This is the fourth episode in this series (laughs) where we've seen whole brigades of people with shotguns and missile launchers firing a RoboCop. Barely put a scratch on RoboCop. And these two RoboCops, identical RoboCops, are firing point blank at each other over and over again like they're going to do something. Like that's going to stop the other. Because if anybody should know that a RoboCop is immune to robo to bullets, it's a RoboCop. Yeah, there's just tons of firing at RoboCop throughout the whole series. It's like, we know that doesn't do anything. Stop firing bullets at RoboCop. Use a missile launcher. Maybe, maybe one more bullet. Yeah. Maybe that's all. Maybe we'll find that sweet spot that I'll... Do you watch this on Netflix? Yeah. Wow. All four things are on Netflix. Oh, goodness. I like the idea. Like, I I always said if they were going to do a RoboCop 4, which they are, uh, which is a bit of news, Gary Oldman's in RoboCop 4. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I think it's going to be... Those cast things are always like, oh, he's in, he's out, he's in. That's why we don't talk about casting news. But it's cool if he is. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I always thought it'd be cool if they just, you know, woke... RoboCop up in the f- even farther future. Yeah. Even if his son, you know, past his son has came and gone. His son is dead, yeah. Um, and see, you know, he's in older technology and he has to fight all these newer technologies, you know? Um, so they don't really touch on that so much as they just draw out the fact that, you know, OCP That's... is trying to help things, but you're not sure. Um, Weird. There's people within just trying to rise to the top and they're screwing up stuff with their own agendas and, um, yeah, Alex Murphy's son is part of it, so that's a cool idea and everything. But just it's way, just goes. I'm like I'm sitting there. I think at the half hour mark, going like this should be over by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah, sort of recommended. I mean, if you like all... RoboCop, it's kind of interesting to watch because you're like, wow, they. This is where this went. This is what happens when you put like a TV version of RoboCop on the air. No, no, no. RoboCop the cartoon show is what happens when you put a TV version oh, of RoboCop. That's true. I forgot about that. Netflix I was just going to say, is this the last thing RoboCop that you have? I know. I've been on a real RoboCop kick for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, it's cool. There you are. Yeah, now I've seen almost all of it. Now you've got to watch all the cartoon show. I watched uh, a lot of it. It's not very good. Uh, it's somewhere like on Rainbow par the with cartoon, like, right? It's somewhere on par with like Godzilla the cartoon. Like the post Godzilla two thousand one, uh, those cartoons. Yeah, when Men in Black and yes, like Men in Black and Godzilla. Men in Black was actually pretty good. Yeah, but the, that style of cartoon. Yeah, back then. Um, and then the last thing I watched, I saw all of Sherlock season two. Oh, which well, you didn't get to talk too much about because well, neither I, of us had seen I have it. only seen the first episode. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, sorry, but I I am I am all behind. I want to talk about is the third one. <laughs> well, next, again the second one is meh i will uh oh yeah it's all right it's, it's kind so of far-fetched is season two only three episodes again yeah oh yeah I thought you it was said gonna be it was like six. six yeah no it's three i thought it was gonna be like i was six, so excited when you said that on the show i was like oh is it and i looked it up as i'm now. full of lies uh i will probably finish it sunday but uh, the first episode was, was town, good so. oh yeah dude the first episode was irene adler one of my favorite oh. episodes of that show i got to the end of the episode and i was like Wait a minute! I re- isn't that Rachel McAdams' character yeah. in the movie? Yeah, it totally is. So they yeah work that in, and it's a really cool uh, that that whole Dynamic. story. Yeah, because it's not really a mystery. There's it's just sort of the the interplay between those two characters, and it's fascinating. It's all just back and forth, like yeah, ping pong, just like oh. one up you, and I'll one up you, and oh, I had this planned out ahead of you. So yeah. cool, so cool. Yeah, anxious to see well where it goes. We'll see if it ever goes anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's too bad they didn't do a full season. God, I wish uh, you'd seen the third one because I'm so baffled. I want your suggestions. <laughs> I we'll talk about it next week for sure. Okay, because I don't think Ryan cares that much. We can spoil it. Uh, it's such a monumental cliffhanger. I yeah. <laughs> All right. There's only one thing I can think of so far, and it just like it doesn't belong. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I watched. Cool. Sorry, I deflated your balloon there. Oh, uh, so I thought like. Yeah, two weeks ago I you said you saw it, and I was like, yeah, "Well, I, I saw the I wish first I could... episode." Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I thought you said you watched the whole season. But... I expected I would, but I forgot family from out of town. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what else are we missing? Uh, we just uh... comic oh. corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we still can't do it all without <laughs> Ryan. He's got he's got it all down. Drat. Yeah, we do need him. Well, he's not here, and it is his week. So, uh, you got something? Yeah, I guess he's not here, so I got to fill the void. And I never, yeah. I've never done one because I don't read enough different comics, right, to be of any use to anybody. I Which read. Is fun. I mean, you know, I've talked about astonishing X Men and stuff like that, that. And Ryan jumps on Spider Man a lot, but I it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't. Oh, this whole comic thing we've been on has got me back into comics. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, because we've been, we've been to a lot of auctions and yeah, things like that. Obviously, we're going to Comic Con. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I like I I'm a DC guy. I did the whole, obviously did Batman, but I've also dabbled in Nightwing and Robin and Birds yeah. of Prey. Um, did the whole 52, Ooh. Infinite Crisis, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but my first love is Ninja Turtles. Right. Um, and IDW has gotten together with Kevin Eastman and I guess Peter Laird to some extent, like he's drawn some stuff. And they've been doing their own... Like Nickelodeon owns the property, but Nickelodeon's been kind enough to let them do their own thing. I guess for the teenage audience. Not making comics or anything, are they? No, they're just focusing on the cartoon, sh- like yeah. the animated show. Yeah. And I guess they know that little kids aren't buying comics so much, so there's no right. reason to go after that market. But there are still nostalgic teens and adults who want to enjoy Ninja Turtles that aren't dumbed down like they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Which I think um, we'll see. But uh, so there's this great Eastman Laird original style comic that they're making with other artists and other writers. Um, and, uh, is on it, the way back from my trip, well, while I was on my trip, I went to, this is part of my story. I don't so much have, a, I don't so much have a recommendation read as I have a travel the country, try different, com- tr- try different comic book stores story. Dude. Cause I've been to Seattle. I've been to New York, uh, and Los Angeles looking at going to other comic book stores. And for the most part, like I was surprised. I, I expected to see old stuff. Mm-hmm. In all these, you know, East and West Coast places. Yeah. But for the most part, all I've seen is people uh, operating in new comics. Yeah. Like, it's, it made me appreciate Denver comic book stores some more. Because Mile High and Colorado Queens Cars and Comics, you can walk in, you can see all these old comics hanging on the wall. They're yeah. wor- worth tons of money. And, you know, and they're just cool to just look cool at. cool to yeah. look at because it's, it's, the, like a the muse- it's like a museum in a store. They operate in history. Yeah, it's a museum. Yeah. Um, and so far I've been to all these other places in other states and I haven't seen that. Yeah. Which is disappointing. And I went to, I'm not going to name names cause that's, oh, Indianapolis is the other one I went to. Yeah. Um, no reason to badmouth them, but I mean, right. one of them did advertise they've been around since the seventies and I went in expecting to see in a huge assortment of history and yeah. no, it was all new. And part of the newness was that I picked up a variant of one of the Ninja Turtle comics that I've been collecting, but I haven't been so much reading because mm-hmm. I've kind of actually been waiting to just get the collected 
you know, volume one. Yeah. And let the issues stay mint. Now, are they, are they, um, the stories, because you said they're from different writers, is, is, is each issue one story or is it broken up? Like, they're doing that with Rocketeer now where each issue has like three different writers, three different stories, three different artists. Is it like that or is it one? I think they alternate creative talent, but they're all working on the same storyline. Oh, okay. So it is like an ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. Um, I've only read the one issue, which is like issue seven in the series because, you know, it's a variant. It's all I had to read on right. the way back. Yeah. Um, so I just jumped into it and... Uh, what they're doing is uh, taking the original storyline and just kind of tweaking a bit like the 2003 cartoon did. Mm-hmm. So they took all those back issues from the original 1984 run through the 90s and just like throwing little variations like Shredder's also an Utrom type stuff. Um, and the issue I read is um, the Turtles uh, get named, what was it? They don't get named right away. Hmm. Oh, April owned the turtles as pets. Right. And then I they didn't I didn't get to see the issue where she lost him. But um then they're like when they fall in the sewer and get in contact with the ooze, there's this cat who has a, a fight with a Splinter and then he gets, you know, contaminated and then they go their separate ways or something after like Splinter rips out his eye. And then uh, the turtles grow up separate, and I'm not sure, but I think Raphael gets separated. Hmm. So the three, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello, all the good ones, N and O, grow up together, but Raphael go like grows up on his own or something. I think. Yeah. So he's not like really a or, brother. Or he comes back and like he has amnesia or something. Throughout the whole, throughout this issue, he has amnesia, and he's hanging out with Casey Jones, who um, is sort of, still kind of sort of a young adult like he lives with his dad but his dad's totally grief stricken over the death of his mother or his wife casey's mother that he pretty much doesn't function so casey's you know brings in the income and you know goes out on the street and inflicts pain to on bad guys in order to release his anger and stuff he's playing hockey on on hooligans so and so the the cat that got contaminated, he grows up as a gang leader called Old Hob, and uh, he's basically the main villain so far for the Turtles. Like, there's no Foot Clan, there's no Shredder, as far as I know, or I've seen. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. And it's it, like, uh, I like the idea that they're not just taking, like, Eastman and Laird are involved, but they're not holding everyone like, to the original like story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, an, yeah, it's, it's an ultimates version of like, hell, here's this other way it could have gone. Like yeah. where April owned the turtles and does it seem like something that somebody who hasn't, who isn't really into turtle lore and knows all that stuff. Could somebody just pick this up and really enjoy it? Yeah, I, I don't it, even mean just that issue, but like, could you start it at one and, and yeah, just... it's, it's a retelling of the old thing That's in a cool. new way. And yeah, like if you don't know, they're going to tell you like this, how it is. I may very well just pick that up. You should. It's get that first trade. It's uh the art's pretty good. I I like Kevin Eastman's art better, um, but the other guy's not too bad. It's more modern. Is Um, it uh, is it still fairly kind of badass like those like those old original issues or have they have they influenced? Is there you know a lot of them wanting pizza and saying cowabunga? That stuff is the cartoon, James. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to get it out there because there are going to be people, people listening. You can't play with not. me like that. Like, I take this stuff very seriously. <laughs> if I, I could, I, w- I want to be the Leonard Malton of Ninja Turtle lore. <laughs> you know, when, you, when you throw stuff out there like that, I'm going to just 
yeah take you at yeah. face value absolutely um yeah well that's cool no vanilla cool. ice well, in the it? comics Check it. No, no vanilla ice <laughs> in the comics yet. Absolutely. It, well, they moist, will moisture him and make him like moisture destroys the pages, dude. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I recommend checking out the new IDWC. Uh, granted, I've only read one comic, but it's yeah. interesting enough to say read the rest. Cool. And I will once the f- collective volume comes out. You can pick it up at Colorado Queens Cards Comics, which yes. Brad already mentioned, which is up in uh, Arvada. Arvada. Yep. Yeah. It's Colorado. A great, it's a great store. If you're out of this, uh, if you're out of the uh, city and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. Um, just go to just go to a <laughs> store in your area and give them some money and support them so that they keep selling comics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even though like the store I went to in Fort Collins was a store that they had a few issues back on a, on a shelf. But the other thing is that um, modern comic shops, especially if you start one, you don't have enough money to just invest in throwing that stuff on the wall. Like they don't make enough money on their on the modern comics to spend two hundred dollars on an issue to try and sell for three um right it's one of those things where like colorado coins cards and comics is special because they've been there for a long time and they then they have they're they're in denver where you can get good old comics real easy they're really close to the you know mile high which is the biggest right. collection right exactly so i'm sure i'm i don't and, and i don't think they go there and pull comics but i think collectors go to mile high comics yeah get it realize they can't have it anymore got to sell it they sell it to coins cards yeah and that's how they get it, maybe. Yeah. But it's it's just weird because like I can go to Time Warp, I can go to Coins Cards, I can go to Mile High, tons of vintage. Mm-hmm. I've been to four other cities, and I've been. Where's all the old stuff? You're yeah. you're more populated areas. Yeah. How can this and be? it could just be that there's only a couple stores like that in most towns. You know, like uh, we know for a fact that um, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash is like that. Though that's a special store. They've got they've got a lot of money. Um, and granted, I'm paying more attention to like. Ninja Turtles vintage, right? And Batman vintage. So, um, if I was looking, I haven't really looked for Marvel stuff. So maybe but, I've just missed it. But the stores we're talking about, they got lines of it around the ceiling. Like you, you don't not see it. Yeah, you know. Uh, what movie did we see this week? We saw Men in Black Three. We did. Brad, should people go see Men in Black Three? Um, I think it's all right. I think it's. If, I'd say if you have not seen the other two, then there's no reason to jump in on this one. Go see the first one. Yeah. Um, like, don't even bother seeing it as like, oh, we just want to go out and see something. Like, the only, I think the only way you can enjoy it is just like being familiar with the characters. So I, yeah, I, I think if you are familiar with them, it's worth just kind of wrapping it up mm-hmm. and seeing it. But otherwise, there's not much else to offer. Uh, yeah, I would totally agree. I don't think it's. Um it's not something you go into blind, but as somebody who, how did you like the first one? I love the first one. Okay, as somebody who how, who loved the first one, was so excited just in typography when the when that font came up at the beginning, I was like, yes, all right, this is so cool. Um, and then of course, just despise the second one, um, or is I'm extremely disappointed in the second one. I should say, mm. uh, I thought this was great. Really, like straight up, I had so much fun. Um, Good, wow. Yeah, so, uh, but let's get into it. Uh, go ahead and roll the trailer. Have everyone's attention, please. Okay, you know your kid won the goldfish in that little baggie from the school fair, and you didn't want that nasty thing in your house, so you flush it down the toilet? Well, this what happens. I am getting too old for this. Ah! 
I can only imagine how you feel. I promise you the secrets of the universe, nothing more. So there's some secrets out there that the universe don't know about? is no K. He's been dead for over 40 years. What? Somehow history has been rewritten. There has to be a reason this is happening, and K seems to be at the center of it. You're gonna send me back to 1969. First, we gotta get high. My man, for real? No, I mean really high. All you gotta do is jump. You've got 24 hours. After that, there is no coming back. Hey, how do you know my name? I'm an agent of Men in Black, but I'm from the future. We're partners. Okay, future man, where to? First of all, I'm gonna need my gun. No, 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 space gun. Is there anybody here who's not an alien? Can we have a minute? Damn it, Kay. Are you trying to blow my cover? Whoa, Andy Warhol's one of us? Who's a dumbass? Whoa! You know, I don't have no problem pimp slapping the shiznit out of Andy Warhol. What? Have these in the future? That's what I'm talking about. We're running out of time. We're running out of clues. And there's an invasion coming. So really, we need to go right now. All right. Hey, man, hey, how old are you? 29. Oof. You have some city miles on you. Yeah, I was really surprised by this because awesome. Wow. They yeah. hear this. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I really, mean, I didn't I'm, hate it, but no, exactly. Like, yeah, like, Ryan. Right, I know. Ryan expects this to be this the worst movie ever, but, um, which I it is it's far not, from that. No. no, no, no. It's way better than Dark Shadows. <laughs> uh, I, it has a pace and it keeps to it, and there are th- times when it is genuinely really funny. Um, and the it, ending got, is really good. The ending is really good. I, I wish there was more of the ending throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> I didn't, but that's the thing. Like I had heard that before about how you know, well, it's got like it's got a great ending, but the rest of it is is bad. I didn't really think it was that bad. Like it's got some jokes that fall a little flat, um, but I think that Will Smith is so charming that it gets through it. Um, but especially, yeah, that ending. I mean, we should just go ahead and talk about it. That ending is so reverent towards that first movie and. And completely reencapsulates this the relationship between these two characters in a way that's insane. In a way that's just like, uh, I mean, and and it feels so real and and feels so perfect and interesting that I want to think about it again. I want to go back. Honestly, I want to. I don't know that I want to see it in theaters again, but I want to watch this movie again just to see like the little things that they that they point to because there are references in the end of the movie. Because basically, I mean, we're gonna go ahead and spoil it. We're in that section, but. Basically, you find out that um, uh, Kay is there when uh, Jay's dad dies and that Kay has basically been taking Jay under his wing and sort of raising him like a father all this time uh, and it eventually brings him into the Men in Black, um, which is, it's so cool. And and, and, and the he, fact... And he has to, because he can't deal with the pain of telling... Yeah, Jay. What happened to his dad? He uses the mind wipe on him, right? Which is yeah. which is the catal- which is which, which is the event callback. which is teased throughout the whole movie of like why does it's actually Kay feel so 
like have such a down outlook on stuff you know it's, it's so crazy because it's actually you could say that it's teased in the first movie because there is that scene where you know there's that joke where jay is always following him around like uh, seriously Kay, have you ever flashy thing to me and it's a joke oh. because it's a joke because we know he has we know he did it earlier but now we know he did it earlier earlier like that is such a crazy yeah, idea like to yeah. think of that um that was such a deep callback that i was like oh dude this is so cool uh, but even the rest of the movie, I thought there were a lot of great jokes. Like even the ones that you know, Ryan was always making fun in the trailers of the the uh, the stuff that Will Smith says yeah, after the, the after the neuralizer, and they're not great. But he is so charismatic, I don't care. I'm just like, yeah, cool. And in the context of things, it's like it's just one thing, and then they're off to the next. Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah, like so. It's not like oh, this is so funny that we're gonna yeah. hang on it. It's just yeah. like. Like yeah, Ryan, this, this Ryan is how was, the scene ends. So Ryan was joking like there was going to be a montage of just those scenes. I was like, no, it's not that at all. Like no. things will happen, and in in normal Men in Black fashion, like we see what how he explains it to people, and it's kind of funny. Um, uh, but and then Josh Brolin is incredible. Josh Brolin is downright incredible. Like he this embodies. is. Tommy Lee Jones in a way that is unbelievable. Mm. It's I, I almost I almost want to find out that that they did some ADR and they did some some voice work because it couldn't be possible that he does it. I, he'll say things and he'll say a word and you it's the way Tommy Lee Jones talks. And it's because Tommy Lee Jones has this very distinct way of talking and so you you when you hear it out of somebody else's mouth it's almost it's it's perfect. Like it he looks like him, he he talks like him, it's crazy. Um and and that was that was a lot of fun. The the villain um while I think a little bit shallow when you really get down to it, is is played really fun. There's that scene where he's at the carnival and the people are laughing at him, making or the hippies are like laughing because they're high or whatever. And he just opens his mouth and is like doing <laughs> his interpretation of a laugh. And it's just so cool. Any we've seen scenes like that before, but his performance there is so good. Yeah, his, his uh, is a lot I, like Vincent D'Onofrio's version, like uh, villain in the first movie. Yes, he has like that mystique to him yeah and humor it's, type it's, yeah and it's jermaine clement who is from um father of the concords uh, and yeah. you're right it's totally like that that first character where he's just he's just bizarre he's just uh and that's kind of how Man i've forgotten is. what laura flynn boyle's character was like i don't she was she's just, she was just villainous right yeah she was just like oh i'm sexy and i shoot tentacles or whatever like it was just dumb there was a lot there's a lot of stuff in that movie that's just because it takes it in a, it, it's almost like its sense of humor is completely different, um, and it's written by somebody different, but directed by Barry Sonnenfeld still. So, um, I don't know, but this just felt very true to what I I really loved about Men in Black, and I mean, it's uh, it doesn't have that same world exploration that Men in Black does. Men in Black One is still the first, the best of them, but because um, it actually this to me plays with the idea of. Like, the first one, part of the joke is, you know... It's a lot of, like, stuff that we think is normal in this world, or we think is a little weird, and then you find out it's an alien, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's this sort of, like, slightly warped reality. Whereas the second one is just like, hey, there's crazy monsters everywhere. Uh, the second one's more like a Ghostbusters movie than uh, than a Men in Black movie, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. and honestly, like, if this were Men in Black 2... I would I would really want a Men in Black three like I I don't have a lot of faith that they could make a, a sequel to this especially based on how much Tommy Lee Jones didn't want to be involved and stuff like that but if there were only two of these movies I'd be like yeah 
Men Black movies are all great. Like it, it really. It, I think I thought it was that enjoyable that it sort of, you know, shined up a tarnished uh, history for me. Um, good. Yeah. yeah. And the the creature effects were pretty good. They were. Like um, um, Rick Baker, who's been doing them forever. Um, like they were on par, and some of the, like the creature CGI. Yeah, was pretty good, and the the blending of the practical and CGI was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, his creatures were really elaborate and just littered all over the place. Yeah, more and than any were, other movie. There were a lot of cool little callback, like um, like K's K's neuralizer, which all those jokes I thought were pretty good. All the like, you know, it's Men in Black, but back in the sixties, and they have lesser I, technology, which is yeah, like they they still have they, they're they've off got and on future technology, but it's also in the past. Like it's really weird. Um, yeah, but like they got, his, they got the super advanced stuff, but then they're like, oh well, we can't make a car, you know, get to well, uh, I think Florida in under five hours, so we have to use the jetpacks. Yeah. Like, well, I well, you was, had those circular motorcycle things like that's yeah the circular <laughs> motor i think that's the weakest part of the movie is that, that's like that chase super scene futuristic is just like, so why it, can't you get a car yeah that chase scene feels like a cop-out um i thought the joke was more like well we just never thought of putting giant engines in a car not that you know like because he doesn't say like you know no we can't do that he just says like no we don't have a red button in a car like we just don't why why would you think we would have that we just haven't done that yet mm. um uh oh but like so like his neuralizer, it makes little Star Trek noises, and there's aliens around that are very Star Trekky. Um, you know that they just feel like I, I kind of wanted more of that. I kind of wanted stuff in the background that looked like more Robbie the robot <laughs> and so yeah, I wanted more Easter eggs for sure. And they may they might be there, but um, most of the Easter eggs I saw were like Frank in the background and stuff, who is not in the movie, the do- the talking dog. Um, oh, and then I've heard people complain about the uh, this guy who. Uh, He's he's basically the magic key that gets them from one set to the next. Like he is he is all of the motivation for the plot. He uh, it's this guy who is he's the fifth dimensional creature and he yeah I'm trying to remember his name I can't believe I forgot already because uh, Griffin lot. Griffin yeah. yeah um and I've heard people complain about him being just sort of a cheap way out of writing the movie and he is I guess but I think he's just so lovable. That I don't, I don't see past that. Like I don't see the strings pulling him. Like his dialogue is just so snappy, and he's he's portrayed so well that I was just I was having so much fun, and I wanted to, I wanted to see more of him. That I didn't care as much about the fact that he was. If you really look at it, he is the only thing pushing the plot forward. Um, yeah, because other J than and a K desire don't to know to how to end. solve this case at right, all. <laughs> exactly. Like J and K are are nowhere without this guy. Um, but I, I think it's a creative way uh, to to do it. He was, you know, and his character design was really cool. Like, yeah, his, his like I mean, secret design. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Well, because cool he's a fifth dimensional creature. He's not really a dude. He's like a, he's like a Em-energy he's like energy. He's like an energy inside on, of a yeah. inside of a robot or something. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, man, I really, I it blew me away. I'm surprised. There was, like, yeah, I was the, sitting there going like, this is all right, and. Yeah, yeah. The ending did turn out to be because I was also we were getting to the climax. I'm like, when they stop the when they get the arc uh, shield up there, I was, I was just kind of sitting there thinking, is this this is it? Oh like, yeah, <laughs> no, I had the same thing. Where I was I, like, that's a it's a it's a dumb MacGuffin. Yeah, and um, I did feel like the because they don't really the movie doesn't start out teasing the uh, Agent J finale, you know, with his yeah. dad and everything. Like, there's no hint of that. 
Yeah, it they, only they starts they to build hit, up towards the halfway point. When they start hinting as if he's going to die. Like, they start hinting it, you think, like, oh, he's going to have to Jay die. Jay has to kill himself to save, save K. Yeah. And that's going to be the secret. Like, that K always has known that Jay had to die. Like, oh, well, I'm friends with this guy, but I don't want to be friends with him because then I ha- he, I'm going to see him die. But it's way cooler than that. Um, yeah. Because that would have been sort of hackneyed. Uh, I At one point, I thought, like, oh, there, it's a this is a red herring. He's actually going to have to, like... O is going to have to die. Like when they fix the timeline, O is going to have to die for some reason. Mm. And then that's what he's always known. Was it like, oh, well, I can't really like, I can't really love anybody because she's going to get erased in time or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. There was a point in the movie though where I was like, I'm watching it and I'm going like, this is, I'm, I'm literally enjoying this. Like I was. And you're not the only it. one. The theater was clapping they at the end, at the like end. Avengers yeah. style. I was yeah. like, pretty impressed. I was like, yeah. wow, people are really into this. And I do feel like, uh, I think a lot of it is just Will Smith. Uh, I think a lot of the jokes that are are half good are made straight up funny, and I'm I laugh because of Will Smith, um, which is refreshing. Uh, we were looking this up before the podcast. He hadn't been in a movie since Seven Pounds in 2008, which just feels like an eternity ago. When did and I he, Am Legend come out? Before Seven Pounds? Oh yeah. Um, oh. But like like the jokes when he gets pulled over by the cop, you know, oh, and like great. those, yeah, it was great. But I, you know, and it's a normal like, oh, you know, I didn't steal this car because I'm a black guy joke. That's probably the edgiest set of jokes in the movie. Yeah, because yeah. that was another problem of mine. I felt like a lot of the jokes were really tame compared to the first movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the first movie really poked fun at like you know agencies and secrets and stuff, and this one's yeah. just kind of like, oh, you know, we're just kind of riffing here's, on this here's stuff this that's happening world. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, and again, that's why that first movie is so much better. Yeah. Um, I Am Legend was 2007. And even that, mm. that's not a fun, the last like fun Will Smith movie was Hitch, you know, hmm. or Hancock. The first half of Hancock is fun. Oh, that wasn't fun. The first half is fun. The first half is just a drunk superhero. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and there is, there is a weird, uh, there's a weird continuity error there where he, he goes back in time to learn how the dude is going to shoot him so he can dodge it, which goes against the version of time travel that we've seen. Like, technically, there should have been two of him, but uh, whatever. How many ta- How many times can you travel back with that device they have? Because why know. doesn't Will Smith just travel back one more time to before his dad gets sp- speared? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because then his, his whole life would be different. He probably wouldn't be who but, he is. But I'm sure... K would be like be like gladly he, like oh well if we can stop that from happening I'd have a load off my conscience. But he has he has more of a relationship with K than he does with his dad. Like he doesn't actually love his dad. Like he thinks of his dad as this guy who was never there. So well, he would. I don't think K would be selfish like that. Like he would be like oh you mean why would why would I'd K lose that? Not? But at least J oh, would have his father. So. I was thinking why wouldn't J go back and save his father? Either um, one. Like but I think K would yeah yeah be more likely to saying. do that. Like oh we have this. Let's do that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fi- or sixties K, just be like. Yeah, oh. but that's the that's the thing with you ti- can still any- time travel. You're not. So this is a one shot thing. Let's do that. Let's. Yeah. Get your father back. No, uh, let's go back to headquarters and wrap this up. But anytime you write time travel into a story, that's yeah. It's always why don't you go back right before and so- stop that? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do that once <laughs> in this movie, but yeah. they do. You're right. They do. Uh, I guess next next time write a thing where you can only do that once. Well, next next into movie, the controls. next movie, Harry Potter. You have to write in a thing saying like, "Oh, we broke all the time travel machines." <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, there's no reason for a plot. 
Um, especially if your character's is using it to get their homework done. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what, what, uh, what Ryan says. Cause I can totally see him. Is still he going to see it? This. Yeah. He kept saying he was going to see it and he's going to write a blog about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm excited. It can't, it's so not worse than dark shadows or anything like that. Like, I don't even think Dark Shadows is the worst movie of the year. I'm trying to think what I hated more. Um, well, I didn't hate Dark Shadows. It was just Dark it was, Shadows it was bland. Was, was boring enough that I am. Um, yeah. And the Rum Diaries last year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're not going to waste. <laughs> no, no, we're no. Not no. Bore <laughs> you with trying to figure it out. Uh, um, instead, look forward to seeing us at Denver Comic Con. That's, that's for right. sure. That's coming up. We bought a whole bunch of stuff. Some really cool things. We are, are be- tricking out. Yeah, the real nerds. Come booth. You got to come see that 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 booth because uh, there's going to be some stuff, <laughs> some swag there for you to get, uh, some prizes for you to win. Activities. So maybe. Drop by, be listening. It's going to be really cool. Um, you can like us on Facebook at real fa- Facebook dot com slash real nerds. Probably real nerds podcast. podcast. I don't know. Uh, go find get me. With the program, James. Uh, find me and then just like like it through me or something. I don't know. Uh, or just listen to another episode where Ryan does this properly. Yeah, go um, back to last week and yeah, yeah, dude. Skip yeah, to the end, right? In... Skip to the end. Um, and you can follow us on Tumblr, or not follow us, but you can like read our stuff on Tumblr. That's right. Uh, which is we don't just post episodes. Realnerds.tumblr.com or tumblr.realnerds.com. I no, realnerds.tumblr.com. Okay. Hopefully, um, just realnerdspodcast.com in the future. Ooh, mm. trying to work that out. Um, you got ten bucks. I I um, do. <laughs> uh, 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 what else? Twitter. Our Twitter. You can follow us, or you can like us on Twitter. No, you can't. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. There we go. Follow us on Twitter and interact it's with Real us on Nerds Twitter. Podcast. Send yeah. us your questions us and stuff, stuff, just like email. Yeah, and send us but only in 140 characters. No, we talked about this last week. You can write novellas if you tweet us more than once. That's right. Yeah, uh, and we will read the first one and then decide whether or not to read the rest. Uh, and then you can email us, which we've always already said in this episode, but uh, realnerds, realnerds at, at gmail.com. Uh, write us an email, way. and uh, we will read it on the air, like we will read emails next week, or the one we read this week. Yes. We have two we have, to we discuss. Have two for next week. Well, Involving Star Wars <laughs> and the content of this program. <laughs> so stay uh, tuned for that. Absolutely. Uh, next week... What next are we week. seeing, James? What are we seeing next week? Um, well, we have two choices. It's either Snow White and the Huntsman. Or Piranha 3 D. Yes, which is only apparently in 75 theaters. So we probably will be seeing Snow, Snow White and the White. Huntsman. Maybe Piranha if we can. Hopefully we can see both because next week is also our 52nd episode. What is that? What's important about 52? What does that mean? That 52 means... like like DC, you mean? Well, no, we're not rebooting the show. Oh. We're just... Uh, How about we reboot it and you're a robot the whole time? That is a cool idea. We, <laughs> should, we should do that. Welcome uh, to Real Nerds. Yeah. I am Brad the Robot. Next Chris, to me are some inferior human beings. Isn't 53 really the anniversary? Because that means that, like that's the first episode of a new year. 52, we've only completed one year. No, 50- that's, just the new, that's just the first episode of a new cycle. Oh, okay. 52 okay. is... The last episode of it's of the a, anniversary. It's the completion. You're right. We completion of the first the volume. There you go. The first trade paperback like of, of Real, Real Nerds. Uh, the first yeah. audiobook of Real Nerds. We will probably not do anything special, but maybe we will. How will you know unless you tune in to listen? <laughs>